2: ears we are recording Tuesday night after the Warriors lost to the Boston Celtics.
1: Andy, Lou, who's getting fired? (laughs) Oh, I think I think Kelly Oubre is not going to make it through the season, and I feel bad for him. But man, uh, he is a minus twenty-five Sam in a basketball game that the Warriors lost by four points. Probably even closer than that throughout the entire game. So, Kelly Oubre is getting fired tonight. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who else. Steve Kerr, Alan Smiley-Geach, Kirk Lacob. We could go down the list. I
0: do <laughs> Send just him just back to Boston.
1: No.
2: I don't want to He's made a
1: three today. So, tonight. We're,
2: we're, we're joking around. Um, <laughs> what, a weird, what a weird game. Uh, yeah. Enjoyable in a lot of senses. Like, um, you know, this is the culture bowl. You know, the, the two best cultures in the NBA who don't believe in running pick and roll, who just just coaches are the stars of the team. Um, I always enjoy a good Warrior Celtics games because they, they do kind of mirror each other. The, the difference between the two teams is Steph Curry. That's really what it comes down to. Like the Warriors offense would look like the Celtics offense if they didn't have Steph Warp warping the floor. That's kind of how I feel.
1: Yeah, and this game was also – the only reason that the Warriors were in the game was because of Steph Curry, and then the only reason that the Celtics made this game very frustrating to watch is because Kevon Looney and James Wiseman were out. So it was a very – it it was like – Sam, it didn't feel like a greatly executed game, but an entertaining game, yeah, a a fun game to watch. It didn't feel like the Boston Celtics that I, that, I enjoy watching when Brad Stevens first came in the league. Um, and it is you you start to see like Steve Kerr and Brad Stevens you start to start to see them become very similar uh in the way that they they think of uh, yeah I mean the the Celtics
2: didn't have Marcus Smart and you could see that they needed him because Steph did whatever the hell he wanted all game and uh it reminds me a little bit of the Warriors in that sense but with that with that said um do you want to start on Steph or Draymond
1: let's go Steph let's go Steph
2: well, start on Steph. Steph, I mean, <laughs> you know you are one of the 20 or so best players of all time when you go for 38, 11, and 8, 12 of 21 from the field, and I'm like, yeah, but he really could have been more aggressive. He didn't do enough, you know. <laughs> like that that like my my take, I don't even want to call it a take. It's just like I feel like he left five to 10 shots on the floor they could take. And like the the groove he was in, he could have gotten 55 to 60 again.
1: Yep, I agree. I agree. And I'm not surprised by it. I shouldn't yeah. say any more, but because... You Like you said, and I think a lot of people on Twitter said too, they started the game playing pretty straight up and just kind of letting them come off screens and shooting relatively open threes, right? Then the third quarter starts and they start throwing two guys at him and Steph is doing as usual, like lob the ball over to Draymond or Looney. Making the right basketball play. play. Yeah, four on three, except for the right basketball plays and really the right basketball play this season, right? Because you've got Kelly Oubre in the corner and Draymond who doesn't want to shoot a layup. so. On those possessions, I will say, like, Steph's got to get rid of it. Like, it's a double. It's a four-on-three. Like, you live with it. But I'm with you in that there were a couple plays where Steph did let the ball go early. Uh, Two guys like Wiggins and Oubre and Draymond where you're just like, you know what? I'm okay with, like, an eight-foot contested floater in the lane, man. Like, Steph, by the end of that third quarter, Sam... contested Steph
2: floater is just better than whatever we're getting from (laughs) Oubre, from Draymond, whatever
1: it may be. Exactly like I'll take it. Now by the end of that third some of his shots didn't they feel like they were just getting guided in by like a some unnatural force.
2: Like it felt like the ball I mean, was that's, gonna... that's the that's the beauty of Steph Curry, right? Like he he's it was ridiculous. He's a uh, he's he's a better being than all of us. He's got he's got the
1: extra force on his side. <laughs> it was like a string. Like I just it was, you know, he was off his rhythm a little bit earlier this season, but Tonight, it it really, really did feel like one of those. Uh, I'm not even gonna say throwback, Sam, because Steph was this good literally like two years ago. Uh, but it, he, looks, he looks. I mean, like he was this
2: good a week ago. Um,
1: yeah, but yeah, I mean, isn't is, that, is that, so like there? There's best two things. I thing. thought he looked all season best. I thought there's
2: two things to say. One, it took him a handful of games to get used to, you know, not having the space he, he was used to with Clay and KD and that stuff, right? So like Steph's back, like. Anyone who's worried he couldn't shoot the ball, come on, man. He's, he's back up to, like, 42%. Steph will be fine, right? Um, the, the second thing is this is kind of a theme of the season where Steph naturally wants to play the team game. He wants to get everyone involved and get his offense in the flow and take over as needed, not necessarily, like, jam his offense down the opponent's throat like some sort of, like, Westbrook type thing, Right. Um, and he's, I just feel like he's, he's constantly, he has an internal battle on when to take over and when not to, because he's finally on a team that's, uh, really lacking for talent right now. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's just a question of like, I I get both sides of it because you can say like Steph take 50 shots a game, but you and I both know if he starts taking 50 shots a game, um, it's going to turn south in terms of like the team and everything, like within a couple of
1: weeks. I agree. I agree. I think that's not so much the question anymore. Also, it's like, he doesn't want to do that. Like, that's just not who no. na- Steph is innately, like on the record. He's not like that off the record. He's not like that. Like Sam, he's not, he's not going off. Like, he's not off the record and talking to his boys and saying like, well, you know, these guys stink. So I'm just going to shoot it 40 times a game. You no, know, he might say these guys do stink. Like, he's probably said it. Like, he came off – he came on the record and was pretty much torching Kelly Oubre a couple games ago, right? Like, he knows that Kelly Oubre is not good, but he's not going to come out here and passive-aggressively post stuff on IG um, and tell him that he should (laughs) fit out or fit in instead of fit out. And also – so he's he's a good leader, great player. Um, I think the issue here tonight is the roster construction around these guys like do you think okay let me ask you is it roster construction or is it coaching
2: i think it's more roster construction but i think where it gets confusing that people don't often listen to is the hand in which the coaching staff has in roster construction so it's intertwined you can't be the most streamlined organization where everyone's on the same page and then, well, I wasn't involved in that decision. You know it doesn't work that way. you're either streamlined and involved in everything or you're not right yeah.
1: I'm, so. I'm laugh I'm laughing by the way, mid podcast because Sam and I are both posting screen caps of us recording <laughs> right now. um and I think that speaks to you know our take on Steve Kerr is that he's probably had a large hand in the in the construction of this particular roster, and look, it's not like. They had Marquise Chris, Looney, James Wiseman. It's not like we thought they were deep enough at center. Like anybody that was looking at this roster before the season could tell you they probably need another center. Like there's probably no reason for Alan Smiley-Geach to be on the roster. There's why, number number one, Jordan Posh be on the roster, but also number two, why is he extended, right? Why did they pick up the option? Because um, then it should be some expiring contract that could trade. But it's like, Sam, like they should have – a roster spot to pick up a center right now, and they don't because, for whatever reasons.
2: Yeah, so so I guess we can go there now. Um, <laughs> Looney getting hurt, predictable. Wiseman getting knocked up, it happens. Neither of them are serious. Um, Marquis Chris going down though, that's you know that's something that happened, and now yeah. we're down to Alan Smiley, who's not an NBA player, and I think the fundamental issue with the Warriors roster is the just lack of NBA players they carry, right? Like uh smile Geach, I don't think he will ever be an NBA player. I could be wrong, but the point is he's definitely not one this year, probably not next year, maybe in 2023, but like, that's what we're talking about. We're like that far down the road, Jordan pool debatable. If he's an NBA player at this point, right? Like that's what we're talking about. And then you, and then you got the clay and Chris injury. That's two roster spots to injured guys. Sure. sure. And, we can keep going down the roster. I mean, we it, it's the same story we've said all year. What, look at other teams. They're not carrying as much dead weight as the Warriors. Um, not every... You know, the Warriors are decidedly mediocre. They're 11 and 10. They're probably going to finish the season with a record in this range. You know, like something a little above 500, right? Something around that. Um, but they are... You know they have Steph Curry, who's very much one of the three or four best players in the NBA still, and they just the, the back end of the roster is so much
1: worse than anyone else in that middling range. That's all I'm I say. And a big, big part of that was Juan Toscano-Anderson's game, like that—that that a guy who is a two-way player, whether he should be or shouldn't be, like it's what whatever. He came there. He came on the floor tonight, Sam, was probably their third, fourth best player tonight behind Steph, Draymond, and like Wiggins, maybe you could say, right? Like, and then after, well, I guess you could throw Baysmore in there too. Like he was on, he he should have closed. He closed. He was out there making three. Like, what does that tell you that they had this guy? They knew who this guy is. Like, number one, if if they have him and they know who he is, why isn't he actually on the roster and playing games with a full roster spot? Right, right. That's like the the top the top thing. Like for me, I don't I didn't think that the guy was an NBA player because he couldn't shoot. Turns out he's basically a mini Draymond, right? Like he is so smart and so good defensively, and he and I don't think he's place. not going to go three matter. for three
2: from three every night.
1: But yes, <laughs> no, it doesn't. But he also like his shots not broke like Draymond. Like at least it like looks semi like a normal like professional athlete jump shot. So like why isn't he on the roster? Like. He's not on the roster because there's the, the 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 politics, right? Where you have to have guys this that they draft. That's the I, problem.
2: And I just want to be clear. This is why when we were getting people saying, you're making too much out of Smiley each, this is why we we're not making too much out of it. It shows poor decision-making. It costs the Warriors a game tonight. If Smiley is replaced with a competent NBA player, they win. Boston was not particularly good tonight. Like obviously, Tatum and Jalen Brown are excellent players. Yes, but even Jalen th- was off. Yeah, but they're dealing with their own roster issues. No Marcus Smart. They're not particularly deep either. They're on the road to first game of a a you know West Coast road trip. Anytime yep. you're traveling tr- three time zones, they've it's had tough. COVID all year, you know, they've had it's, guys out. Yep, and this is where having a deeper roster gets you some wins. So the Warriors should be 12 and nine, as far as I'm concerned, but they're 11 and 10 and they have to live with that because they want to tell everyone how smart they are for drafting Alan Smiley And I mean, there are more uh, stories in the Chronicle on Smiley than like everyone on the roster, not named Steph, Claire, Draymond. And that's kind of a problem, right? that's kind of, it just shows that they're throwing games away in that capacity. And you can say it's small, but to me, once you don't have a super roster, once you don't have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and all that sort of stuff, the margins matter. The margins are the difference between maybe being a sixth seed and being the ninth seed, maybe winning a title next year and being a second round out.
1: Like, the margins matter. And... Oh, man, I'm just, I'm so angry that I'm trying not to explode right now. Now you've got me riled up, Sam. <laughs> it's like, I, I came in here, you know, I thought it was a good basketball game. I thought it was fun. It was uh, to me, Steph looked great tonight, but yeah, like this is not, and this is not the culmination. The culmination is like if the Warriors end up like a 15 seed, right? Or like, like a last seed and, and all of this stuff, uh, be, because they've just kind of messed up on how they should scout talent, develop talent, and find what talent to put on this team. But, um, this feels like, This feels like one of those things where, like, I'm thinking of, right, like, it just, it felt to me, I can't even speak, Kavon Looney, Sam, twisting his ankle and, and leaving a basketball game and not being able to play, then I'm watching Grant Williams, I'm watching Daniel Tice, and I'm watching... Uh, Tristan Devontae Thompson, Green, Tristan Thompson, like Tristan Thompson is making post moves like he's Shaq out here, like they're just absolutely <laughs> dominating the Warriors. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the losing Warriors, like kind of like the early stage stuff. Um, Warriors. The Don Nelson, the, it just always Anthony
2: Tolliver like on a 10 day. Yeah,
1: Yep. it always felt like a couple of things. They could never get a rebound. They could never make two free throws in a row. They always had the worst turnovers. At the possible, like the worst possible time. Like the opponent turns up the pressure and they fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then actually, now it's perfect because they also had Steph, who just looks fantastic, right? Especially like rookie or Steph, he would look fantastic. So mm. they have stuff looking great, but it'd be all for not. So I guess that's the point. I mean, that's a kind of like my big takeaway tonight. It's, it's they felt like a losing team with the way that they were playing basketball, the IQ, all of it.
2: They did. And, um, I don't want to spend too much on Wiggins, but tonight was he didn't play bad, but he didn't play up to the expectations of the second best player on the team. You know, he was kind of floated out of the game. He was decidedly average for a lot of the game. i He took six, he was six for 16, one for eight from three, 15 total points, only two rebounds. The, the rebounds thing is always going to annoy me with Wiggins when he's not aggressive on the boards. Um all that points to they—they they need more there,
1: right? Yeah, <clears throat> I started the night uh, making making a joke about uh, Jalen uh, Wiggins and Jason uh, Jason Ubre um, because you watch these two guys and they're like, you know, they are kind of the same size, <laughs> and you know, Wiggins has physical
2: tools of- is not an issue.
1: Yes, <laughs> for these guys and now, now, you get down to feel, you get down.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: The handle, you get down to the skill stuff, right? There's a massive difference. But, uh, but Wiggins felt to me like they needed, what. like Wiggins had some great moments tonight but I think he would have been fantastic if Clay Thompson was on the floor tonight. Like it just would have been a classic, like, sure. Like, wow. He is sure. a perfect fit. Like he just couldn't, like when the Celtics turned up their defense a little bit, I know that they were saying Brad Stevens was mad about the defense, but it was good enough tonight. Like when they turned it up a little bit, there was not much Wiggins could do. Like it was Steph Wiggins and a bunch of, I don't know what the other guys were doing. Yeah, you that's know? true. Yeah.
2: Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to Roman.com slash Light now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com/slash-lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to. Get roman.com slash light and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get roman.com slash light Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. So I want, I want to talk about Draymond. Um, Steve Kerr is here. Steve Kerr has now said, I love Draymond's energy tonight. No he was pushing the ball. He was rebounding like crazy. This was, I think, the first time we played him the entire first quarter and third quarter. Okay, that might be true. And he was moving great. He's an amazing player. I don't agree. Um, I'll give you my theories why, but like I don't think Draymond played a particularly good game tonight. Um, you know, he's <laughs> Draymond could be in a wheelchair and still make a bunch of good plays because he's just that intelligent. Right. But like, I think in general, he was still not up to the standards I was expecting from him. And I'll explain why, like he was making a lot of slow rotations on defense, particularly at the end of the game. I think of that one play that um, Tatum scored on where he just, it was the, he blew by me and I'm going to foul him from behind and put him on the line. That type of stuff is not stuff we're used to from Draymond Green, you know, Draymond will foul guys, but when he fouls guys, it's making an aggressive play on the ball. Not a, I got beaten and I'm and I'm frustrated type of foul. Um, I, quite frankly, I think he's still struggling with symptoms from COVID because he looks slow to me. He just does like he, you know, his mind will never be slow, but like some of the, the, the rotations on defense strike me as a player who's not in the best shape. And I think he's, he's dealing with some COVID stuff and, that's just another blow to this Warriors team because they're not deep enough
1: talent-wise to have Draymond just be a smart passer. I'm not sure if I agree that he was awful on defense tonight. I think he was awful. I'm not on- saying it
2: was awful, but,
1: you know, I, 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 let's put it this way. He did not play
2: like a defensive player of the year, which I, is the standard I hold him to. I, I, I hold
1: him to the standard of an elite defensive player. Okay, he was awful on offense. I mean, he was doing his usual. Like, I don't know what he was doing. He had he could have shot. He could have shot at least like four or five three foot float floaters over Tristan. Like, they're not they're tough shots, but it's not like you shoot him over Gobert. Like, like what are we doing here? Shoot the fucking ball. Um, I thought he was good defensively. Uh, I will say I agree with your uh with your take that the COVID symptoms are affecting him. Something's affecting him because. The at the end of games, I at the end of the halves, I thought Draymond was special. Like, I thought there were like four, five, six possessions that he was stringing in a row where he would guard two, three different people and still be in the paint and make the play at the rim against Jalen, force turnovers uh, on the perimeter. Like, he did it a few times. And I was like, okay, like that, that's that's Draymond. I thought he was good on that end. I think the problem is to, he is having a tough time, like masking the mistakes of all of these players. True. Uh, it, it's it's really hard for him. And uh, like you said, like, I agree. I think it, it might be COVID or maybe it's like an injury that we don't know about. I don't think it is. So I'm just, I'm kind of just purely guessing here, but he just doesn't have it, right? Maybe he's just because he's 30 plus, right? So he just doesn't have it's the possible. energy to yeah. do that for 34 minutes a game. But yeah, I think they need better defenders around him. And it's like Wiggins is good and Steph is smart. And, you know, once Looney was out, like, there was and no, and even being, if Wiseman was in, that would have been good. At least he, at least there's a big body. And there's athleticism. And I'm being
2: picky. I don't think Draymond was terrible tonight. I'm, I'm just saying he is the second highest paid player on this team with Clay out. And my expectations for him are higher than being, in, you know, high IQ. That's all I'm saying. I, he did rebound the ball well um, on a team that just didn't rebound the ball well. I mean, this is hilarious. Steph and Draymond both had 11 rebounds. No one else top three. That's, that's, that's not going to cut it. Um, yeah. but in yeah, that general, was, that was crazy. In general, I think one for seven from the field, timid offensively, a lot of slow rotations, five fouls. Um, all that stuff just – I know he's – I'm. everything comes back to this point. He's better than what he's doing right now, right? I think he's still capable of playing better than this. And I'm going to call it out that he needs to play better than this because we didn't – we weren't cool with Steph going 8 for 22 on the regular and shooting 36% from 3, 37% from 3 because we're, we know he's – He's better than that. We know he's capable of more. When I look at Draymond Green, being smart, rebounding, and throwing, um, you know, intelligent passes, I expect a little more out of him
1: than that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, and also, he's not even throwing, like, the great passes right now. Like, there were at least, like, three or four passes tonight where you're like, Jesus. Like, it felt like that Toronto series in 2019 where – he was just all over the place, but against Toronto, he was special on the boards. Like he was grabbing every single rebound defensively, getting torched by Pascal Siakam. But um, and that's and that's why I think it. Um, you know, I, I hate speculating
2: COVID stuff, but that's why I think it is COVID related. Because like uh, he he competes his ass off. Like he's always going to be a super competitor. Um, a lot of the the things that are lacking to me strike me as a guy who just doesn't have this wind. And what would be something that caused him to have his wind? I don't know, catching a virus that set teams to sap people's wind. Right. So yeah. that's all I'm saying. Like, I, I know, I think he's capable of more. I mean, the alternative is just thinking he's not capable of more at age 30, which is a far more depressing path to go down. I don't think it's that. So,
1: yeah, um, and I, and I don't think it's an injury. There's really nothing that anybody has heard or said that, that this is an injury. Um, I think he's had some maybe, maybe minor stuff, but that's normal. Um, yeah, the guy, the guy needs good defenders around him. It's, it's, like, it's like LeBron. It's like Kawhi. Like when they're these great players, Anthony Davis, you know what they need around them? They need shooters to spread the floor. LeBron needs shooters around him. This is why he has J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, Contavious caldwell Pope. He needs shooters because he's not a shooter. So he needs the sp- floor spread so he can actually get to the rim. Draymond, for him to be an elite defender in the way he, he needs good – like, he can't mask Kelly Oubre. All the guys, the dumbest player right, I have right. ever seen. <laughs> Truly, I've ever seen. I don't want to make this a slander fest for Kelly Oubre because I actually kind of feel bad for the guy. Um, but, like, he's just – he might be the dumbest player that, like, we've ever seen in you know, basketball You know history. what's
2: the most frustrating right. thing about Oubre's game tonight? <laughs> he <laughs> wasn't, efi- he wasn't inefficient shooting the ball. Mm. Like, 5 of fine. It's not great, but it's, you know, it's not one for 11, which we saw last week or like it's some of those disgusting games he had earlier in the season. And he was still just decidedly the worst warrior player, right? Like there's just no way around it. Like it it, it says something about a player when they can have a reasonable scoring night where they're cutting well and they're putting the ball in the basket and they're still just terrible. So I don't know. That's not good
1: yeah um he probably shouldn't have played as much as he did right like he only played Bazemore- 26
2: minutes too and that's a funny thing <laughs> but that's because i i didn't i didn't um this is the eye test thing i i felt the same way you did which was like i feel like he's out there way too much and that just kind of speaks to being so ineffective when you're out there that like it sticks in your mind and then you look at the box where like, he only played like half the
1: game <laughs> And w- which is like, I think he played very little the first half. I think he made a play, may- maybe played like 10 minutes or so in the first half and play- definitely played a lot more in the in the, in the the second half and played in the second quarter, uh, fourth quarter, excuse me, a lot more in the fourth quarter um, and kind of where the Warriors went down by 10 uh, before Steph had to kind of rescue him a little bit. So, and, and that was kind of the game. That was kind of the game where they had him in for a little bit too long. And Bazemore looked good tonight. Uh, Damian Lee, He's he's not making shots, regressing a little bit from earlier this season. But at least he's someone that can make a shot, right? Like those two guys, don't need to play thirty minutes a game. But I think Option Zero tweeted this and makes a good point. Why is Kelly? Why does Kelly Oubre have to play these minutes if he's not going to be on the team next season, or like he may not be on the team next season?
2: Well, I want okay. Can I answer that question? Do you think Oubre will be on the team next year? G- got no okay do you think that they should trade him because they need to you know recoup, recoup something, something. Yeah. yeah because the the alternatives just sign another veteran minimum uh i think they will trade him
1: and i okay. think they will get something so yeah.
2: how much do you think playing him is related to the fact that they're trying to shop him
1: yeah, I guess I would I would, I would, would jokingly, snarkily say like, whoa, shit, you watch him play tonight. It's like his trade value went <laughs> yeah, down, right? Exactly. But, but your point is fair. But but your point is fair. It's like if he if you don't play him, then it's like, why would anyone want the guy that's not able to play basketball, right? Like on a 500 team, like then what's the point? So you've got to – you kind of have to play the guy. So I think that's a fair point. Um,
2: I think that's a fair point. <laughs> it's I, do, just, I do get the frustration be like, play him three less minutes and maybe they win the game, like that sort of thing but it's you know and and isn't that kind of like the trickiness of this roster like everything we're talking about it's like Steph needs to be do a little more but not too much to take guys out of rhythm Draymond needs to do a little more but like not too much and all the you know like it all comes back to the roster being kind of mediocre right
1: yeah I think I think that's uh the larger point is that look if Steve Kerr played it like this guy this many minutes tonight if he had run this particular scheme at this particular moment. But like, as much as I like to shit on Steve Kurtz, like these guys are not, these guys are, it's not the Oracle. Like they can't, they don't have 2020 vision. Nobody has. So like there's only so much that they can do at the end of the day. It's they don't have any bigs because they put together a roster that doesn't have any bigs. And they put together a roster that has a lot of scrubs on them that are taking up roster spots. Right. They forget they put together a roster because they can't scout shooting and can't develop guys and, and this is kind of what happens it's not even like they're a shitty team sam it's like they're a good team <laughs> they're good they're no they
2: have a couple amazing players but they're yeah. not a good team um well i would say awesome. they're
1: yeah
2: can we can we talk about this though i have two things that i'm talking about. okay actually one thing we'll we'll tie it all together no if i said steph Curry is the best player in the nba today would you agree
1: Uh, I think you can make an argument for that. Yeah.
2: Do you think he's on the short list of, okay. So I think most people would say he's not better than LeBron James and that's okay. That's fine. I'll, I'll give, I, you know, like I'm not trying to argue that one. LeBron is beyond reproach. One of the best players of all time. If I take LeBron out of it, how many players do you think are better than Steph Curry?
1: You like the purposeful silence there? I was uh, a little I, annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> you like the purposeful silence there. Sure, that sure. Like, that was a. Uh, I mean, you can make an argument, probably only for for, I would say, Kevin KD. Durant. Yeah, it's I would own, say Kevin Durant. That's it.
2: There's specific things KD does better, but I'm not even yeah. sure he's a better player overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. okay. So my my point is, the Warriors still have one of the three best players in the NBA, and he has not signed an extension. Do you know that? Did you know that he could be a free agent as soon as 2022? I did not think we were doing this. Let's get into it. (laughs) And I only do this because friend of the show, Tim Kawakami, throw up a piece, but it's kind of tied into conversations we've had for a while. So usually when a superstar at age 32 is stuck in a mediocre situation where it doesn't look like they're getting better, You know, like, it doesn't look like Juan Toscano Anderson is going to turn into James Harden tomorrow. Um, Or, uh, you know, Michael Mulder is going to turn into Kawhi Leonard or whatever you want to say, right? Usually, we hear that there's disgruntlement and they want trades. But
1: we haven't heard any of that with Steph Curry. So, just give me your read on the situation right now. (laughs) Um, I don't think he's hiding anything. I think this is genuinely how he feels um, I'm sure there are people around Steph Curry that are annoyed. Like, I think this is almost like a, like a Damian Lillard situation. Um, I think that the Warriors are set up better for the future. I will say that. Uh, that's number one. Number two, Steph is a better player. I would say Steph is a much better player than Damian Lillard. But I think there's a bit of frustration from the people that are around Steph, maybe, and then fans where, there's like, where they're like, we want this franchise to be better because this guy is so good. He's so loyal. He wants to win here. And we feel like we're failing him, right? But I think Steph kind of is sitting there and saying, look, like, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, So I don't know where you're going with your next take. I personally think he's not going anywhere. He doesn't want to go anywhere. I think he understands what Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, Joe Liga wants to do. Now, whether those guys can do it well, we don't know. Steph maybe doesn't even know himself. But I think the big example I can probably say is, I think Steph wants Wiseman and I think Steph wants to keep Wiseman and I don't care. And I don't know if Steph cares whether they decide whether to trade him or not for Bradley Beal. So.
2: Oh, we're going there. So yeah, I was (laughs) going to pull up the quotes. He's going, you're thinking this year and next year, you're thinking with clay coming back, you're thinking about all those different things, but right now, who's to say we can't put the pieces together in the middle of my prime, middle of my prime, just thinking about all those things we've gone through. The last four or five years, what we can build upon. Um, Steph said, you know, when asked how many more years he has title contention, it's hard to say what the actual number is, but I think we're in a good spot right now. Let's put it that way. The article that Tim wrote kind of, Steph thinks he's younger than he is. He thinks, and he might be, he might be physically younger than 32. He missed all of last year. He was a little bit of a late bloomer physically, anyway. He might be a guy who has the Steve Nash, where he's still in his prime till he's thirty-seven, right? Like he he feels like he has four to five more years, and in doing so, there seems to be a level of comfort with the building process that maybe you don't see with other superstars his age who are like, no, we need to win now because I maybe have two years left, and to me, that's the most interesting thing because. I have a hard time thinking the Warriors would be this patient with their roster building if they thought Steph was going to walk.
1: Yeah. I made a joke earlier saying, like, Steph should just walk off the court, walk up to the front office and say, get these fucking guys out of here. Get me me a goddamn team that can help me win, right? Like, trade Wiseman, trade the damn pick. Like, get me Beal. Get me whoever, like, is going to make us a contender. And, like, not even a contender for a title so that we're winning basketball games. Like, James Harden wasn't trying to get traded to win a championship, in my opinion. He just wanted to get traded to a team that, like, he was around some friends and that he could win some basketball games. Like, he had a shot to win titles in Houston. Like, to me, he just wanted to go to Brooklyn because he wanted to be around his buddy Kevin Durant and win some basketball games. Does does Harden really care if they're winning championship right now? Like, I don't. I don't know. So, I think... I I guess my point is like, if Steph was a guy that wanted to say championship or bust and make those moves, I don't know what move there is. I don't. So I think he knows that. And I think he's saying, yeah, I guess we could put these two big pieces together and then like four picks, 15 pick swaps and get ourselves Giannis. But like Giannis is signed. Like there's, I don't think there's a move there. And I think Steph is more reasonable than other superstars. I guess you can say it's kind of dumb. You can say it's naive, right? You can say, like, Steph, what are you doing here? They're wasting a whole year of your prime. But I think he's kind of looking at looking at this season and saying, like, what am I going to do? Like, what is there to do? Like, what what is a reasonable move here that does make sense? I think he doesn't see it. I think he's more aligned with Steve Kerr than I think people give him credit for.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I also think everything goes back to the fact that um, he doesn't blame anyone for Clay's injury, and that's a very mature perspective to have over the whole thing. Where you're yeah. just like, I mean, I, look, man, I remember the live show we did when we got the Clay news, and we're just, it, it was miserable. There's no other around it. We're just like, we were the alive. season just got sucked, right? And um you know you if you're Steph Curry you could be like well that's it just trade me right but Uh, but he didn't do that and he's willing to try to play through it and a lot of that I think is tied to the fact that he thinks that he's got a longer window than maybe other people do like you see national people be like oh they're old it's done that sort of thing he doesn't view the game that way
1: at what point did you watch the game tonight or so far in the last few weeks, Sam? And you think that Steph is not going to be this player for at least the next two seasons, right? Like or three seasons.
2: That's a good that's that's unless, my point. Like, like you, wa- you watch ACL, them, right? Like you, you watch him, and I'm and I'm and I'm like, there there's nothing I'm seeing that indicates that like physical decline is coming.
1: Yeah, there is zero physical decline, and it will come. It will come and, well, comes even, for everyone, what, but yeah. and even when it comes he's still going to be so much better than the, the, the people that like the point guards that have come before him at that age. Right. Like even if he slips another few percentage, 5 percent next season, like Sammy's averaging 28 points a game on 50, 40, 90 or like 48, 40, 90 right now. And it's, it's like those are just num- that Steph Curry numbers. That's like standard Steph numbers. He's off the ball. He's in incredible shape. He can slow down his heart rate. When he wants to, like a freaking alien, like what does that even mean? <laughs> uh, off the ESPN um, feature that we read a few weeks ago. So yes, he thinks, and in, I think MT MT Scribe comes on. He and he's told this story. He he's told this in his book as well. He was probably the only person that believed he would be a superstar uh, coming into the NBA. I, I don't think there was a single person in the NBA, even Larry Riley. You know, even Dell Curry, even Seth Curry, believed that Steph was going to be an MVP or or a superstar. I think it was just Steph. So I think this is kind of like this is kind of normal, right? Also for NBA superstars. But uh, I don't know if he's wrong. Like he really might have two, three, four elite seasons left. Um, He's not LeBron. He's not physical, physically built like LeBron. But man, like he's got a jumper that's going to last until he's forty, and he's in incredible shape. We'll leave it
2: there. I'm, I'm with you there. I, you know, there's no sign that he's slowing down, and that should make everyone optimistic about what the Warriors can do going forward. Because as long as you have Seth Curry, you're in the mix. And that's kind of all that matters right now. You know, this season is what it is. No Clay Thompson. They're kind of in the middle of developing and, you know, whatever. But. I thought thought you were going to say he's going to be out of here, so. Okay. (laughs) No, no, we're not going there until we get indication.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.